is Bashir is asking Kentuckians to believe that you can pause puberty and pump little girls full of testosterone and nothing bad will happen to them. That is what he's asking you to believe. And welcome, everybody, to the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. Of course, I'm your host, Andrew Cooperwriter. And today we will be covering a few very interesting items. First, we have a new governor's ads uh, coming out here recently or will be airing on TV here soon. And we'll be talking about those ads, what's going on there, a, a new kind of poll in the governor's race too as well, and, and just kind of overall discuss a little bit of an update on the governor's race, the top of the ticket race. Everybody, of course, is following. Kentuckians for the Commonwealth hosted a event at Lyric Theater in Lexington. Well, you probably don't know who Kentuckians for the Commonwealth is, but I will update you on who they are and uh, about the event that they had and what they who they had as a speaker and, and what they spoke about. And then finally, Kenwick neighborhood in Lexington over the weekend woke up to white supremacy fly, flyers in their driveways or front porches. I was a little unclear exactly where they were, but they woke up to white supremacy flyers being dropped off to their house. We'll be covering that and so much more today on the Andrew Kubrater show. But before we get into it, as always, please like comment, share, subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast only form, please leave a review on the podcast, but only if you like it, if you hate the podcast, don't leave a review. Nobody needs to see it. We don't care. But if you love the podcast, please leave a review for us. We greatly appreciate that. Share this with others. Tell other people. Listen to the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. Advocate for it so that way we can spread the word. Uh, for those of you who listened a while and for those of you who have just started listening recently, you know that we put out a lot of information you are not going to see in the newspapers, important stuff that is about what's happening in your state and in your backyard, all things you can make a difference on. That's why it's important to stay informed on these items. And we're the only podcast in the state that does a daily show or well, Monday through Friday show from a constitutional and conservative perspective. I think that's very important, and I think it's something that really needs to get out there. So please share that with others. Without further ado, let's get into it. So we have some new ads coming out. Recently, we've seen a Bashir ad come out in response to another ad that I had played for you all in a podcast from, I don't know, a few weeks ago. But we're going to go ahead. I'm going to play that ad for you again. So that way you know what we're talking about. A little 30-second ad. I'm going to play that for you. And then we'll go ahead and talk about Bashir's response ad to this and, and kind of frame that up for you. It's not easy being a parent, protecting them, teaching them our values, and right from wrong. So it doesn't help that Andy Bashir would allow sex changes for children as young as eight and nine years old. That's right. Bashir seems to think young children are ready to make decisions about permanently changing their gender. It's radical, irreversible, and wrong. Call Andy Bashir. Tell him to keep Kentucky's children out of his liberal culture wars. So needless to say, Bashir didn't like that ad very much. Now, what that ad was based upon, and as I covered this in a past podcast and in a lot more detail, uh, 
was based upon simply put that Bashir, after an uh, vetoed a bill banning surgeries on minors, he vetoed the entire bill uh, in its entirety. That's from his veto message. I read that on the podcast. He said nothing in his veto message about being uh, for the ban on surgeries under minors. And of course, this is a uh, important is that all of his actions, all of his words, everything up until that ad you just listened to played indicated that that ad is true. You can't just per se make up things when you do political ads. You can't pull things out of whole cloth. You do have to reference something that the person has done to draw that conclusion uh, that you're making. And sometimes it can be thin. For an example, you could run a political attack ad. If somebody, let's say Republican, and this is a primary, um, let's say one time they made a tweet that said, let's say they tweeted something like, I disagree with Trump's uh, bump stock ban. I believe it violates the Second Amendment, and I disagree with that ban. So let's say you made a tweet like that. Well, a, a Political in the political game of political advertising, you could take that simple statement on Twitter and turn that into a political ad that says that Andrew Cooperwriter is critical of Trump. We need real Trump loyalists in office, and then yada yada yada. So understand that ads can sometimes be on some shaky grounds and extrapolating information from some places, but. In this case, this ad is based upon hard actions. Like as as and I had another episode where I went over it, and um, you know, it's it's the episode about the Courier Journal. If you want to go back and listen to that, where I really dig into it, you can. But that ad is pretty accurate. Let's take a listen to Bashir's response ad that he is now playing. My faith guides me as governor and as a dad. I'm a deacon in my church, and I believe that all children are children of God. These attacks on me by Daniel Cameron are not true. I've never supported gender reassignment surgery for kids, and those procedures don't happen here in Kentucky. When I took office, I vowed to support parents, because as parents, we know what's best for our kids, not politicians in Frankfurt or Washington. All right, so that is Bashir's ad. For those of you listening to the audio format, he was basically sitting and uh, what he's trying to appear is a living room. Perhaps it's his living room. Perhaps it's not. I don't know. But he's sitting in a living room and just kind of reading to the camera uh, at one portion there. And, and this is what's so insidious. It, when I ran that podcast where I was talking about the Courier Journal doing Bashir's dirty work, I knew how the Bashir campaign would use it. And you just saw it in that ad for those of you watching video format. At one portion in that ad, they took um, the headlines like, uh, GOP ad misleads, GOP ad fact checked false, GOP ad blah, blah, blah. And he took those headlines and he put them into a uh, like collage and highlighted parts of the headlines in order to show that, well, see, look, even the newspapers agree with me that he's uh, lying about me. That's what's so, and, and, and keep in mind, and, and like I said, I did this in another podcast, but those fact checks were based upon just simply Bashir after the ad airing saying, no, I, I, I disagree with it. It wasn't based upon anything else. And, and obviously the ad has a point because, because Bashir quite clearly vetoed a bill banning the surgeries. And once again, I read it on the podcast. He never in his veto message of that bill mentioned that he does support the banning of the surgeries 
but uh, is okay with the hormones, which is what he claims in the, in the veto message. He says, I'm against the hormones. He never said anything about the surgeries. He said, I veto this bill in its entirety. He actually didn't even exactly talk about hormones. What he talked about is gender affirming care matters. And let me ask you this. Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? Is what they're saying, they, they in order for there to be a actual difference, why do they not support the surgeries? Why don't they? Honestly, ask yourself that. Is it because they're permanent and irreversible? So is what you're claiming is that puberty blockers and hormones are reversible. Is that the claim you're relying on? Is that why you support hormones but not surgery? Do you expect the Kentuckians to believe that you can pause puberty and there's no ramifications. Obviously they expect you to believe that because obviously the media is not going to do the work to talk through that. I mean, put aside the fact that his actions and his words leading up clearly indicate that he is in favor of the surgeries clearly indicate that he is until after the ad came out once again, putting that to the side, talk about the Ill illogical, just nature of it. How can you, logically say you're okay with hormones and puberty blockers, but against surgeries. If a person holds a position that they're okay with puberty blockers and hormones, well, then obviously they'd be for the surgeries too. What, what's the difference? You say, well, it's, it's life altering. Well, so is hormones and puberty blockers. And if, and if that's the argument you want to have that they're not, you're going down a, a road where you're asking people to throw out a whole lot of common sense. You're asking people to believe you can just pump a little girl full of testosterone and nothing bad will happen. I mean, that's literally what they're saying. And if I was the Cameron campaign, that's what I'd be pushing back on. That would be the next ad that I would cut. That would be my talking points. That would be in my rallies. That would be my call to the base. My call would be, Look, he wants to claim he's against surgeries now that he's running for re-election. But let me ask you this, Bashir. What logical position do you have to pump a little girl full of testosterone? Why are you for that but against surgeries? What's your logical belief there? Do you think it's reversible? If you believe that, let me ask you this. Are you asking Kentucky? This would be me, Cameron, saying this. Is Bashir is asking Kentuckians to believe that you can pause puberty and pump little girls full of testosterone and nothing bad will happen to them. That is what he's asking you to believe. But we're not seeing that kind of pushback. We'll talk about a little bit about some of this pushback here in a second. So that's, that's one thing. He's using those ads to do that. And then the other claim he makes in there, or the other thing he says is, well, the surgeries in Kentucky aren't happening. Do you think that this is just, in these people, they think this is a phantom. Well, the surgeries don't even happen in Kentucky. Why are you worried about it? Remember, need I remind you, there was a bill in Congress to uh, an anti-lynching bill, and they had a bunch more attached to it. And a bunch of Republicans voted against it. Why? Because it wasn't just an anti-lynching bill. There's a bunch of other issues in the bill. And they claimed that Republicans were for lynching. And Republicans responded by saying, look, a lynching hasn't even happened since like the 1940s or 50s. I mean, if you remember the Charles Booker ad from, 
uh, when he was running against Rand, where he put a noose around his neck. Remember that ad? Maybe you don't. I do. Lynchings haven't happened in Kentucky or America in decades and decades and decades. But yet, when Republicans didn't vote for an anti-lynching bill that wasn't a clean anti-lynching bill, they said, well, you're against lynching or you're for lynching. You're not against it. And the defense of, well, lynchings don't happen, that didn't wash with them at the time. But now, Bashir's defense of his actions of claiming, well, surgeries don't happen in Kentucky, they buy. It's not as if, let's, let's pretend for a second, let's, let's just take that at face value, that surgeries don't happen in Kentucky. It's not like these surgeries were happening far away and in super liberal states. I mean, these gender transition surgeries on minors was occurring in Tennessee, at Vanderbilt University, in a ruby red state, just like Kentucky. We had gender transition surgeries occurring. To pretend it was no threat, that we were never going to be over under threat, that people under 18 were going to have the genitalia chopped off. And to claim that that wasn't ever going to be a threat just simply ignores the facts that this is and was going on in ruby red conservative states that border us. At least when the Republicans voted against the anti-lynching bill that had a bunch more in it, their defense of old lynchings haven't happened in quite some time, in decades and decades and decades, actually was true that they hadn't. They're making this claim, well, surgeries just don't happen here in this state. So, yeah, this is happening in other states, but you don't need to worry about that here. That's the claim. But remember, too, this is the same groups of people that say CRT isn't happening here. You got nothing to worry about. I don't buy it. I don't buy this claim. It's not happening in Kentucky, so you don't got to worry about it. Well, like I said, it's happening near us. That's good enough for me to be a little bit proactive and get ahead of this before a doctor does get it in their mind to go ahead and start doing it here in Kentucky. Because I promise you, if they weren't caught in Vanderbilt and there wasn't massive public backlash and, and, and pushback coming, then this would be happening in Kentucky. I guarantee you it'd be coming to Kentucky. Without this bill passed, I promise you it would. Promise you. We know it would have. Ignore the fact, too, is they claim they're against surgeries that Democrats never offered a bill that just banned surgeries. Forget the fact they never offered an amendment to vote on to just ban the surgeries. But putting that to the side, the obvious errors there. And then he follows up by saying that parents know what's best for the child. Need I remind you? Need I remind you about the Bashir administration coming in and telling parents that they're going to transition their children at school and not tell them? Need I remind you about the Anderson County principal that was suspended for refusing to hide from parents the pronouns of these kids? Need I remind you about Bashir's forced masking of children in daycares and schools? He claims he believes that parents know best. Well, he didn't think they knew best when it came to mass. He didn't think it knew best when it came to um, putting kids back into school. He didn't claim to think he knew best. Or, or sorry, he didn't claim to think parents knew best when it came to transitioning them at the schools when it comes to their gender 
identification. He, he, he doesn't actually think that. He only thinks that when the parent agrees with him. Because if he actually thought, well, parents know best, he would have never shut down the schools. He would have never mandated masking. He would have never even tried to mandate vaccine mandates. He never would have tried to mandate masking in private daycares. Do you really believe the man who tried to tell you how many people you could have at Thanksgiving really believes that you have personal freedom and choice over your children? No, he's just riding on that because it's something that he thinks is a good argument. So the discussion isn't about liberty. It's not about a principle. The discussion is about, do you believe pumping a little girl for testosterone is abuse or not? Do you believe pausing puberty and causing lifelong consequences for doing so? Don't try to sell me. It doesn't. Is child abuse or not? That's the discussion we're having. Moving on, though, from Bashir's ad, we have this other ad that has come out from the, uh, well, not the Cameron campaign themselves, but uh, from Club for Gross uh, pack, School Freedom USA, uh, and they put out this interesting ad here against Bashir. These Kentucky convicts had means and motive to sexually abuse a young child, brutally strangle a woman, allegedly murder an innocent man. Means, motive, and the opportunity. Governor Bashir issued commutation for more than 1,700 inmates. A new report found half the criminals he let out of jail went right out and committed more crimes. One third committed a new felony. We made what I believe are reasonable decisions. Their victims know better. School Freedom Fund is responsible for the content of this ad. There you have this ad that is talking about Bashir letting these criminals out of prison due to COVID and how a lot of them, almost half, went out and recommitted crimes almost immediately and how that created a public danger to society. An argument to say, well, you're concerned about them catching uh, COVID that was supposedly incredibly dangerous, but obviously we saw what the mortality rates are. But you're so worried about that that you went ahead and commuted a bunch of sentences and put a bunch of criminals out onto the streets, damaging law-abiding citizens to do in doing so. Good ad, good point. Gets, gets across a good point. And I think it really leads into where uh, if Bashir, because we've got a new poll out saying Bashir is the most liked governor in this, the country, suppose this poll, take it for what it's worth, that Bashir is the most liked governor by his other party, by the opposing party. So he's the most liked Democrat governor or Republican governor by people who belong to the opposite party from him. And why is that? Well, a lot of this, it, it, honestly, I believe the lack of tactfulness and ability to um, understand how to talk to people, how to communicate with people, how to message on things they really care about. You would look at this and say, this should be an easy win for a Republican governor. Why are they having issues? Well, first, the legislature made a lot of mistakes. I was there and watched them. I was a part of a few citizens who put together a citizen's impeachment. And we outlined things that Bashir did that violated the Constitution, that he know, did knowingly violating the Constitution. This provided an opportunity for the legislature to really uncover a lot of things. One of the charges we levied was about him shutting down churches. And in doing so, he knowingly violated the Constitution. And if you knowingly violate the Constitution, federal or state, 
as an elected person, you deserve to be removed from office. And there's one man who had a conversations with him about it. His name was Rodney Brewer. He was the KSP director at the time. And him and Bashir had conversations about shutting down churches. And in emails, Rodney Brewer indicated that this was clearly a First Amendment violation. Did the legislature, when I, I and a few others, provided them the opportunity to question Rodney Brewer and get to the bottom of this and at least create a whole lot of public records of what Bashir really thinks of us and of people and of rights and freedoms, that he knowingly violated it? Did they bother to dig? No, they lacked the chutzpah to do it because they didn't want to impeach the guy because they thought, well, he'll be an easy win at the polls. They assumed that because Bashir was so unliked during COVID lockdowns that he will be an easy beat and, and he was the guy they wanted to run against. They honestly were afraid that if they impeached Bashir, Jacqueline Coleman would take over and she'd be harder to beat in 2023 because Bashir was so unliked at the time. And people were so fired up about what he did, but they miscalculated. They miscalculated on the ability of people to remember things. And they had an opportunity to dig up things. They didn't do it. And this Bashir has come out every single time and claimed successes based upon their work. They haven't done any pushback. They have no PR. The messaging out of our Republican Party leadership in Kentucky, whether it is the state party, whether it is the, the legislative leadership, really at those two levels, the leadership there is completely inept at messaging. They have no idea how to do it. They don't know how to spread their message on their own. They still run to normal media. They hate people like me. Trust me, they've spent almost a million dollars trying to keep me out of office when I ran. And the reason why is because we talk about the things that people care about. They get fired up on. But they don't want to talk about those things. They don't know how to message. They believe they're the adults in the room. They underestimate something that Democrats have understood for a very long time. Activate. Young people, get them involved, make them go out there, activate people. I mean, ask, ask anybody, ask anybody that's active in the party, ask them, how big is the college Republicans? How many chapters do we have? How many active chapters do we have? And those of you that listen to this, that are part of the leadership of the party, ask yourself that question, huh? How many college Republicans do you have? How many young Republican chapters do you have? I'm technically a young Republican. There's a, no chapter in central Kentucky. The only active chapter is in northern Kentucky, and it's ran by a bunch of liberty activists like myself. Not me. I'm not a part of that. But people like me who are liberty activists, they're the ones doing the work. But instead of embracing them and asking, how do we replicate this? How do we get more people involved? We need a strong, sturdy base like the Democrats have. Well, at the same time, we need our soldiers on the battlefield of politics to pump out the messaging like the Democrats do. 
But instead of asking us and embracing us, they push us away and they wish we'd sit in a corner and shut up and just show up to their Super Saturday door knocking that they have ever so often. And that's it. And I think that's the real failure here. If Bashir wins, it'll just point to the continued failure of the Republican Party leadership in Kentucky, not your local level county parties, but I'm talking about your legislative leadership and I'm talking about your party leadership and their inability to know how to speak to the voters, their inability to actually activate people. They're uninspiring. There's a strong possibility that Bashir may win another four years. Republicans will win every other seat. 20. That's the number of Democrats in the House. Seven. That's the number of Democrats in the Senate in Kentucky. We can win Senate seats and House seats, but we can't win the governor's office. I wonder why. We can win the down ticket races just fine because there's no apparatuses for them. But when it comes to an important race with apparatuses where we don't have an incumbent that can't get it together. All right. Coming up after this. Uh, the speaking of Democrat grassroots groups, Kentuckians for the Commonwealth had a event in Lexington at Lyric Theater. We'll be going at over that. Kentuckians for the Commonwealth had uh, their event at Lyric Theater in Lexington. Who is Kentuckians for the Commonwealth? They are a far left organization that tries to masquerade as if they aren't. Uh, far left. Um, you know, this, this always kind of gives me a good laugh. So they reach out to candidates who are running for office and obviously, um, they reached out to me, uh, when I was running for office and let me read for you the emails. They, they massive, they email me a lot. They emailed me probably 10 times on 10 different emails to try to get me to take their survey. And if you go onto their website, what you'll see is only the Democrats have taken their survey. Other than Adams, every other Republican running for statewide office has not taken their survey. Bashir technically hasn't, but he did in 2019. They sent me this email that said, I want to follow up about their candidate. Or they sent this March 1st. I want to follow up about our candidate survey due March 3rd. We've received 11 responses from constitutional office candidates already. But if you're receiving this email, we don't yet have survey answers from you to share with voters. Kentuckians for the Commonwealth is an independent grassroots organization with 13,000 members from Paducah to Pikeville, working for a better quality of life for all Kentuckians. We have 12 active local chapters statewide. Now, what's funny is, pause for a second. Remember in the last segment how I was talking about how the Democrats do better with grassroots? This is what I'm talking about. This is a parallel leftist organization that works alongside the Democrat Party, and there's a number of these types of organizations that works on grassroots. And I'm telling you, from being active in Republican politics in Kentucky, there is no group that is statewide that runs parallel to the party that works on grassroots organization. It's not there. Because if it was there and effective, the Republican Party would want to control it and... Who wants to work for people to just be outright controlled? Instead, you see groups like Kentuckians for the Commonwealth that the Democrat Party not only falls alongside, but helps flow donors to. And I'm not saying there's no back and forth between them or animosity. But 
It is a grassroots group that the Democrats work with to help funnel activists and things they need to win elections. Back to their email. Our democracy works best when there's an open public discussion on critical issues affecting the future of Kentucky. We work hard to provide our members and other voters with factual information about political candidates stand on a broad range of issues. As part of the effort, we're excited to offer you an opportunity to share your views and qualifications with a large number of voters during this election. So they send this over and they pretend they're this middle of the road organization. Let me read you from their voter guide, governor. Okay. Governor candidates, voter guide. So you've got, um, you know, their questions. Uh, here's, here's, here's the second question. You ready? <laughs> this is, this is what they sent out as a survey this year, this middle of the road, uh, um, nonpartisan group. What is the governor's role in opposing white supremacy, addressing racial inequality and supporting racial justice for black people, Latinx people, immigrants, those who are undocumented and all people of color in Kentucky. That's their first question. Well, I'm sorry. Their second question. Their first question is how does your background qualify you for serving in this office? Their second question. That is when it comes to policy, that is their first question. So then they ask this question. Do you believe that we have an obligation opportunity to act on climate change? Their third most important question for a governor is about climate change. Putting aside the fact that Kentucky isn't even the worst contributor to what they call climate change and the things that affect it, that they claim affect it, putting all that to the side, and I don't want to argue about climate change, putting that to the side. They're asking governor candidates what they're going to do about climate change, Kentuckians for the Commonwealth. Of all the problems Kentucky's facing, so far, they've only cared about a question about undocumented people, not even U.S. citizens, let alone Kentucky citizens, and climate change. And in their question, so they ask about climate change, their second part of their question is, what actions would you take to ensure that low-income communities, communities of color, and those who most who, sorry, and those most impacted by climate change directly benefit from clean energy solutions and jobs. Clearly a far left organization, no matter how they masquerade themselves. So they have a, this thing at Lyric Theater to rise up Biopoc, I guess that's black indigenous people of color, I think. Uh, minorities. I don't know. They want, they want to elevate their voices and they have this Dr. Reverend William Barber, the second come to speak about raising the minimum wage in Kentucky. Now, first off without ever having to pass a piece of legislation, the minimum wage in Kentucky is effectively much, much higher than seven twenty-five an hour. I don't know if a McDonald's in Kentucky exists that starts people at $7.25 an hour anymore. They're legally allowed to, but they can't attract in workers. But also at the same time, anytime people start talking about minimum wage, they immediately go to uh, how people, how the cost of things have gone up. That's what this gentleman did. He, he went into Dr. Reverend William Barber II. He went into the cost of buying. Well, the cost of this has gone up, housing, food, gas, all this has gone up in costs. We just need to rise wages to match it, ignoring the fact that 
Raising wages would, of course, raise the cost of things. Do you honestly think, I mean, what do they believe, right? I mean, do they believe, okay, follow the logic. Do they think if they raise minimum wage that businesses won't just raise the cost of things to match, to keep it going? I mean, they already believe business owners like myself are just down, dirty, greedy, money-grubbing jerks. You think by raising the minimum wage, you're going to change that if you believe that about people? Apparently, they must think that. Doesn't make much sense. And of course, they don't actually want more money. And this is a concept I think most of these raise the minimum wage people just simply don't understand. You don't want more money. You want to buy more things. That is what you want. You don't want more money. You want to buy more things. So in actuality, it's not as much about how much you make. It's about how much do things cost compared to what you make. And there's a very specific thing you could do to drive down the cost of items and also at the same time possibly pay you more at the same time. And that'd be simply put, get the government out of the work of taxing your income. The government makes net almost as much as you do off your net pay, as, as, as you do off your hours. This is what I mean. You pay a tax of about, what, 30%, 40% Medicare, Medicaid, local taxes, so on and so forth. Guess what? Your employer matches that. The real cost to pay somebody 10 bucks an hour or 20 bucks an hour is about 10 to 20% more than that. The government's making around 40 to 60%, depending on where you live, of what you do, of what you're paid per hour. If you're paid 10 bucks an hour, they're making $6 an hour in some situations. You're walking home with seven or six bucks. They're making almost as much as you do. Is there any conversation from these people about cutting out that expense, that cost, that person in the middle that's chunking off such a large vig and providing nothing of value in the process. You can make your claims about, well, they're providing this or that or roads. Your roads aren't funded. Your roads aren't funded by that money they're taking from you. You say, well, you know, Medicare, Social Security, that's great. It's going broke because they can't manage their funds. Real great service they're providing there. So what are their solutions? Well, we need compassion. We just need people to care more. Politicians to have more compassion so they raise the price of things. It's very easy, Dr. Reverend William Barber II, to spend somebody else's money. It's very easy to stand there with the proverbial gun of government pressed to someone's head saying, give me more, give me more. Ignoring the fact that that just raises the cost of everything. Ignoring basic economics in the process. Where's your compassion? Why do you believe you can take from somebody else to redistribute? Where does it say in the Bible, Dr. Reverend William Barber II, give on to others as you would give on to yourself. And if they don't want to give too, well, force them. It's not what it says in the Bible. Of course not, because that's not a good way to run charity. You shouldn't force it. 
anyways, quite clearly, far left organization having this event. The minimum wage arguments obviously are falling on deaf ears right now because we all know that pay is drastically higher than minimum wage. It just goes to show, though, how these organizations think. What's yours is theirs. And what's theirs is, well, theirs. If you don't want to give them more stuff, you're just not compassionate enough. All right, coming up after this, Kenwick neighborhood wakes up to white supremacy flyers in their neighborhood. We'll go over that after this. All right, so Kenwick neighborhood here in Lexington woke up with this, I guess, in their driveways. And for those of you listening to the audio only format, I'm going to describe it to you. You know who it's a piece of paper in a Ziploc bag. And it says, you know who else was condemned for hate speech? Jesus Christ. And then it says airing and freedom network. And then it's got some sort of shield logo and then it's got their website. And then there's something else at the bottom. I think it's distribute is a word. I think malicious is a word and intent is a word, but there's another word that's coming. That's being covered. I guess probably says distributed with no malicious intent. If I'm to guess. And in the bag is also a bunch of white rice. And my first question about all this is why? Why would you go? Let's pretend you're a racist. Okay. Let's pretend you actually think that judging people by their skin color is a good idea. You know, what's like a Democrat. Why would you go into Kenwick neighborhood, first off? A neighborhood who I believe uh, the Black Lives Matter sign salespeople uh, ran out of stock in. I used to drive through that neighborhood all the time to get to one of my offices. Why would you drop this into their neighborhood? This white power stuff. Maybe, maybe they're like, hey, are, are the... <laughs> You know, are they finally willing to admit that they're low because it is predominantly white neighborhood? Their low opinion of minorities, you know, how minorities can't seem to provide for themselves and need the government to come in and help them. And the government needs special things for minorities because they're just incapable. Racist thoughts of these liberals. Maybe they think, hey, are they finally willing to admit how racist they are? Possibly. But I have more questions. Why is it in a bag with rice? What is that for? Are you trying to keep moisture out? Wouldn't it be more, I don't know, price and time effective to laminate it? I'm not saying white supremacists are intelligent, but if you're going, I mean, this just seems time consuming to pack these Ziploc bags with rice. Do they not have laminators? Are they unaware they exist? Are they afraid of them? Do they think it's a, I don't know, it's, it's, it's some sort of plan by the evil minorities to get them to use a laminator? Why would they not laminate? What are they doing with a bag of rice in it? I just have so many questions about this. I'm so confused. So you go into this neighborhood and you drop these baggies off with rice and flyers in them. After two, keep in mind that there's been several news stories about other places getting these flyers the last several weeks. And it leads me to ask a question. 
think a question we're all thinking. Is this a hoax? And most of the time, uh, from what I've experienced, when we see news stories about this kind of thing, it is a hoax. But as if this isn't ridiculous enough, then the police come in and say, look, we're going to increase extra patrols. We're trying to collect evidence. We're going to find who did this. I guarantee you if it turns out they're not actually a white supremacist, but somebody just trying to stir up controversy, then um, we'll never hear about it again. And then they say, look, we're investigating so on and so forth. Every article I read, they did ask them, what would you charge them with? Because the, un- I don't want to say unfortunate thing. Cause I, you know, freedom of speech is a great, right? Um, the, the thing is though, is what, what are you going to charge them with? I mean, I just wish when, when people are actually being murdered, when you have these crime ridden areas, I wish there was more investigation and, 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 and push from society as a whole to and the Lexington police, and I know they're being they're being held under a political thumb to increase patrols and, and do what they can in those neighborhoods rather than worrying about flyers that one seem like they're a hoax, two, clearly nobody's buying what they're selling. There's very little people out there who are actual white supremacists. Three, what what are you gonna charge them with? Littering? That I mean, that's all I can think of. They're going to charge them with littering. I don't know. It just seems seems a little. The whole thing seems far fetched. It just seems far fetched. Tell me if you agree or disagree. Well, guys, that's what we have time for today on the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. Thank you all so much for joining me. Have a great rest of your day.